Dogs, swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be needed some proper manning. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the hemp and jig as we see you to Davy Jones. The Jeffy, my boy, on with the show. Well, shiver me timbers. To our listeners from across all regions of the planet, welcome once again aboard the Robin Hood, flagship to the world's one and only cooperatively inspired charity podcast network, WPRPN. Live streaming today from under sporadically sprayed South Korean skies, you're listening to episode 115 of Pirate Radio Podcasts. I'm your host, as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Still, battling my way through a bad case of food poisoning, let's hope I actually manage to make it through the full 90-minute conversation with Drew Lima. An artist and published author, He's also the driving force behind Sons and Daughters of Liberty, an independent, open-source, online, live-streaming intelligence node. Hopefully, adding up to a little more than just the wild ramblings of yet another chaotic mind, this week's exchange with Drew aims to reveal his views on a variety of topics and issues, ranging from current events and gaming to Pizzagate, the occult, pretty much anything else left out there under the sun. That is where we will be taking things this week, episode 115, with Drew Lima, founder, CEO of Sons and Daughters of Liberty, online independent open-sourced intelligence node, He's based out of Ohio and has been on our radar now for a little bit of time, so we're happy to have him drop by this week. Friday the 13th hasn't quite put me in my grave yet. That recent bout of food poisoning, though, was a real bitch, I tell ya. Drew, you yourself actually have uh, had to suffer a a little bit of food poisoning yourself from time to time over the over your lifetime I guess is that not the case yeah I've had it once and I don't ever want to experience that again I first thought it was the flu actually I wasn't too sure I was like what the hell is going on I feel like total shit and uh, couldn't quite understand things but man it, it hit me fast and hard and I had to soldier on and was working actually this past Thursday could barely make it through the classes I had scheduled thankfully managed to finish them get them wrapped up under my belt but there was nothing more that I wanted to do than come home and get into bed 
And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I slept for, well, I got home about six o'clock in the evening and slept just straight through all night and probably didn't get up until noon the next day. So yeah, some pretty uh, awful symptoms there with the intestinal issues, diarrhea of the worst sort, fever and headache. And oh, it's just terrible. I honestly felt like I was on death's doorstep. So that's my Friday the 13th angle, I suppose. Great to have you drop by, though. It's It's been a while here in the making. Well, yeah, I'm definitely grateful and thankful for the opportunity. I hope we don't have the same issues that we did last week with Mr. Anderson, a fellow colleague and pirate matey. I believe you've known him for some time, have you not? I've not personally known him, but I've listened to him on other places, and I've seen what he's done for our communities. That's I've got the utmost respect for that man, the people that he's helped out, worked with. Yeah, I was actually just listening to him before we went live today. I was trying to work out a few more of the technical issues that we had left here to resolve. He was helping co-host the Underground World Media live stream with Dabu7. And uh, that was actually one of the major highlights to our conversation last week, to which I'm still working on post-production. Got about another 30 minutes or so to go through as far as cleaning up the audio some pretty as you may well know the quality of recording with the stream doesn't always come through in the cleanest fashion so it's part of our end of the bargain as far as what we like to put out there offering the public it's the clean kind of uh, tight conversation that's as best free of glitches and and technical issues as we can possibly manage so but one of the things that he was talking about last week with uh, was his trip to yellowstone with dabu and that they had set out on this epic journey this trek to see what they could firsthand of this upheaval dome i believe is the name of this uh geological anomaly i think he said that they had spotted first via was it earth google so i think so yeah do you know much about that no i don't really use the earth google stuff but that's where i'm pretty sure if i remember catching some of the podcasts that they have done talked about it that's where they first spotted it and like i said they were spot on and was able to get out there and see it i've seen some of the videos they've shared it was interesting oh they've actually you've seen footage of them out there actually filming the upheaval dome is that the one where those white rocks mysterious white rocks are well it's it's it could be it's the upheaval like chaos or turmoil yes up, upheaval they dome. were out there yeah all i saw was the grizzly bear footage frankly and some i don't know fires. i don't know if it's on dabu's channel because he uploaded some of the video i think it was on dabu's channel and i hope it wasn't the one that got taken down right We've been having all kinds of problems, haven't we? Him, yourself, us, of course. Just it's strange issues that we're having to address and work on resolving on so many different fronts. Speaking of brush fires, it's important that we keep an eye on the way that our operations are, each of them, well, up and running and and the way that, uh, you know, I guess it's upkeep and, and management, but. In some cases, it does seem like there is a certain degree of sabotage taking place behind the scenes, what I like to refer to as hashtag cock blocking. Uh, 
yeah, lots of that. Going back, though, just briefly to the um, the archaeological issue, and even before we do that, really, what we should do is get into this whole business of not only your background and a little bit of your biographical information, any that you can provide to our listeners that you think would be of interest to them, some various details that would help them get a clearer picture of who Drew Lima is. But, uh, yeah, boarding, gaining access to the Robin Hood here, the ship that we sail out upon each and every week, the high digital seas, the weekly adventure in search of, it all really depends, really, what are we looking for as pirates? I'm not sure. Sometimes, yes, plunder and booty. The fame, meh, that's not really so much my thing. You know, the story, have you heard how I was essentially press-ganged into this position? Oh, no, I haven't heard that story. Uh, Shanghai, as it were. So, yeah, I was jumped one night, actually, drinking out at a local watering hole with some friends, uh, aptly enough named the Tally Ho Tavern, and uh, went outside to have a leak. Before I knew what was happening, there was, a, I guess, like a canvas bag of sorts, maybe a, a hempen creation. That's the smell that I remember, at least, uh, before everything went dark. It was thrown over my head. And uh, the next thing I knew in regaining consciousness was that I'd woken up on this pirate ship. So uh, recruited into service under the Jolly Roger, Skull and Bones. No relation, of course, to the uh, the Yale outfit. We're almost, like, in some ways, worlds apart from that group believe it or not well it's not so hard to believe because we're just small fry potatoes here obviously with no great influence or or say as far as the wider geopolitical game is concerned but uh yeah that's the deal basically recruited shanghai uh, into service here on the robin hood so, uh, but yeah, one of the things though that the captain has here in the ship's articles, each and every one of our guests, he expects a pirate story of sorts. So, uh, it doesn't have to be anything major or all that elaborate, just some sort of angle, maybe a riddle or a rhyme, could be a jig, or maybe you've uh, seen Pirates of the Caribbean one too many times. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Probably one too many times. Or uh, my old favorite, uh, what was the name of that movie? Blackbeard the Pirate. Walt Disney? Yep. was always my favorite growing up. Why is that? There's just the charisma about the way they, he portrayed himself. Something about that movie just, you know, always got you thinking of pirates. And in this day and age, they're still pirates. We just roam the digital seas of the Ethernet. The starry heavens of the internet. That's probably the safest way of doing things, although in some cases you've really got to wonder uh, and be careful who it is that you find yourself ultimately crossing swords with. Sometimes certain uh, attacks come at us from right out of the blue where we find ourselves being broadsided and uh, have to obviously stand up and defend ourselves, taking matters into our own hands as a means of uh, settling the score, as it were. So just a brief update here before we turn things back to you, maybe for a bit of a biographical uh, rundown. 
who Drew Lima actually is. We've got not quite half a dozen people that have joined us here right from the get-go, which is, uh, well, it's a pretty decent number. It's off to a respectable start, including the likes of Rob the Man, who we have yet to see join us here over the course of the live streaming feature operation we've put together here the past, well, two and a half years now, folks. Of course, you are checked in. That's great. Sons and Daughters of Liberty. Joe Aminon out of Long Island, New York. We might even get a chance to hear a little bit from him regarding the latest on the John Ford case. Got a big court date. It sounds like potentially coming up here quite shortly. Things are coming down to the wire. Finally managing to have his day in court. Fingers crossed. Habeas corpus. The man is not insane, folks. And no, he was not conspiring to kill a single soul. In fact, I don't think that man would hurt a fly. So, uh, not sure if you had a chance to hear any of the material or... Yeah, actually, I did. That was one of the first podcasts I actually got to check out. Found that link Mr. Anderson shared, and that was one of the first podcasts that I had seen from you guys. I thoroughly enjoyed that show. I was learning something that I didn't know, and that's, to me, that's what this is all about. It's learning from each other. Because I never even heard of the stories about that. And it got me something new that I was able to go do a little research on. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the first I'd heard of it actually was via Bill and Nancy Burns, who uh, had been producing the Future Theater radio show just a couple of years ago. They've now since wrapped that up, really, and uh, put it to bed, as it were. Although, even more to the point, the information came to me even before that stage via the UFO Hunters show that Bill had been a leading figure in. I'm not sure if you had a chance to check that out or have heard of it, UFO Hunters. Yes, I actually have. Sure, yeah, and that's really where I, that managed to pique my interest. And, uh, you know, they say... There's a famous expression that uh, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Edmund Burke, who I believe was a either Scottish or Irish politician, statesman of sorts. And that's really it, folks. That is the key and the crux to uh, flourishing a healthy democracy, or if you will, republic. You need engaged citizens. Act where you can, my friends and fellow pirate mateys. That is critical. Act where you can in whatever capacity you are able determine and understand your sphere of influence and take command of that, or at least play a more active and, and hands-on role. So, yeah, I'm not sure. We can direct people, I suppose, to the archive shows that we have via archive.org. That's where we've started now storing our most recent weekly feature streams um we had been affiliated for some time with podomatic.com but once again going back to this whole cock blocking issue i'm not going to go into any details people that have been tuning in now on a regular basis should be pretty clear on what we believe was actually occurring over there i have no other explanation for things other than the fact that we are being actively targeted and sabotaged 
And this is all after the fact of us being in direct contact with the heads of that platform for some time and suddenly having the carpet pulled out from under our feet. So much happier, though, over on archive.org. You can still find some of our shows, of course, up about 100 or so over on potomac.com. But we've put things, uh, it's a bit of a hiatus and taking a bit of a breather and time out. We're willing to engage them again, but they've got to prove to us that they are more technically competent and able and willing to actually service us, the client or customer. I just It's this elementary business sense, frankly. But yeah, John Ford, UFO political prisoner, put that in your DuckDuckGo search engine and see where that takes you. We actually come up right at the top of the search results, believe it or not. John Ford, UFO political prisoner. You know, it's interesting. Joe Eminon talked about how one of our the first shows that he and I put together a little more than a year ago now, that was after the roundtable that we did back in, I guess, uh, 2016, that we actually managed to rattle the cage of the beast, believe it or not. The New York, is it the state? Who is the highest law of the land within each state? Is it, it's not the district attorney, it's the general attorney? Every uh, every state has a attorney general. Attorney general, God damn it! Yeah, there's my dyslexia on full display once again, the whole world to see. Attorney General. Well, I should be able to remember that, I think, now. So, But yeah, believe it or not, they got back to... Well, they, they lodged some kind of a, a complaint of sorts. They were worried that, I guess, because they'd heard our show or heard of it, and then the waves that we were making regarding Mr. Ford's case, that they were expecting the Mid-Hudson Forensic, the Psychiatric Institute, to be uh, stormed by a, <laughs> a band of uh, wild-eyed saber... I'm not sure, rattling perhaps, or brandishing weapons, you know, these pirates that were committed and uh, not committed to the Institute, but bound and committed to seeing Mr. Ford liberated, as it were. Which really, I think, uh, our captain got a chuckle out of, as did many of the crew. But yeah, fingers crossed, we'll be seeing some big, hopefully positive developments on that front coming up here within the next couple of days, maybe week, or what have you. So, stand by. Uh, but let's just go back, shift the focus now, if we could briefly turn things over to you, hand the ball to you, Drew, let you run with it. Uh, just a bit of a biographical overview, uh, thumbnail sketch, if you will, as to who Drew Lima is. Yeah, I actually want to touch on one point. You mentioned something, that is what I want your audience listeners to understand. That's the power of the voice that we have on these social media platforms. When we can get on do these live streams, this, which is part of some of my bio I'm going to give you. That's what it's about, addressing these issues, bringing attention. We have such a powerful voice and we don't use it. You know, I grew up knowing my history, knowing who I am descended from, knowing that you can find my last name on the Constitution. You know, so Sons and Daughters of Liberty is something that took a while to create because I much jack-of-all-trades. I've got my hands in almost all the communities that are out there. I remember early lessons from my grandfather teaching me to be open-minded, not to judge, question everything. As, you know, I was being taught some of the family histories and stuff, you know, that our family, I mean, outside of 13 people, we've all come from a German-Irish descent. No, I come from a, 
my mom's Brazilian, so I've had the privilege of being overseas, seeing how things work in other countries from education systems to political structures while I lived in Brazil. The difference between public schools and private schools. So I got to be introduced into many different cultures from the natives that are around in the area where we lived, which was Cruzeiro de Sul. You know, some of them histories dating back to the Inca times. So it was an interesting experience for me to grow up when it came to like my religious beliefs and stuff. I was never forced into anything. I got to experience Catholicism, Southern Baptist. I mean, I'm a preacher's son, but I also got into the occult. Started learning more and more. The more I learned, the more I went to other areas. Upset in almost every congregation that's out there, whether it be Buddhism, paganism, Druidism. Christianity, and I started to see when you start stripping away like some of the dogma, they're all the same. They're all teaching a higher spiritual connection. Then I started to see how those things were being used to create a division amongst ourselves to almost of a hatred. That's not what our country is supposed to represent. Now everybody's supposed to be free, free to believe in what they want, practice what they want. You know, our freedom is so important. So I started wanting to talk more about those things, getting more back into my roots, my family roots. And that's where Sons and Daughters of Liberty came from. You know, I have all this occult knowledge and all this other knowledge, and I see it being used every day on everyone. I see it, everyone using some of the very same things that we were taught and they don't even know, which, you know, today's Friday the 13th. Most people represent Friday the 13th as a bad day which I found it quite interesting in the numerology aspect. Today's the second Friday of the month, second week of the month, and it's the 13th, which is two. Yeah, check this out, my friend. Not only that, but it's uh, episode 115. Uh, We've also got over on the midweek stream end of things, it's the 15th midweek World Pirate Radio News segment that we recently put together here just this past week so we found over the past couple of years there has definitely been some numerological correlations and and synchronicity occurring which is one Mm -hmm. of the central tenets carl jung i'm not sure if he exactly oh i'm very familiar with him yeah he talked about that i'm not sure if he coined the term necessarily but yeah it's important to keep an eye out for as far as what is occurring within our environment and things that arise and subside and just seem to suddenly magically appear from out of nowhere for some reason. Can't quite explain it necessarily, but isn't that odd? So uh, please, uh, yes, Friday the 13th, let's hear a little more. We can take it all the way to 9-11. It's two. Nine and one is 10 plus one is 12. No, well, it's 11. 12 and 11 are big numbers, too. I mean, I'm no expert right. in numerology, but 12, 12 disciples of Jesus, 12, uh-huh. I think, uh, the Knights of the Round Table, if I'm, I think that's how it was, the 12 Knights of the Round Table. Uh, yep. So much, 12 tribes of Israel, 13 is said to be a bad, uh, unlucky number, from what I can gather, uh, first and foremost, because of the fact that it is reserved for the Godhead that you shouldn't mess around with that number unless, you know, because that's really your it's holy, divine territory there in the 13. If you're, you know, people who are into numerology, 
be very wary. Uh, but going back just briefly, the two, all I can really add to that is how the two towers and in Freemasonry, mm-hmm. of course, you find it's, was it Joaquin and Boaz? Uh, yes. So, yes, and you're, the imagery and the symbolism all over the place. I think in the lead-up, especially, to the the attacks and uh, all through history, though, as well as I'm sure even after the fact. So, yes, Friday the 13th. How about that? And we didn't necessarily, you know, we hadn't been thinking that. I, I didn't realize in, in booking you for this week, it was pretty wide open as to where we would be taking things. So I wasn't as clear on your occult interest and background, perhaps, as I should have been. I thought you were more just kind of a libertarian type shit disturber, I guess, you know, as far as, you know, freedom is concerned, uh, speaking, maybe what some would refer to as truth to power and, uh, you know, promotion of liberty. I mean, who the hell doesn't want that except for the powers that be, I'd imagine, the the status quo type individuals out there. But, you know, we had, what, Obama come along, talk about hope and change. Well, yeah, hope, I mean, they're pretty wide open, isn't it? Pretty vague, right. but change, uh, it's something that the status quo definitely is uh, constantly on guard for and on guard from. We're talking the establishment here now, two folks, the 1%. I the pyramid, sometimes mm-hmm. referred to as, you know, and, and it's the thing, change, it's a question of, well, where are we going to take things here with this change? Over in this direction, over in that, up there, down here, we're going to make it bigger or smaller? Is it going to be fast or slow? Like, you know, how are we going to steer the ship of state? And we can come back to any of these topics once again. Hopefully that's enough for listeners to this point, but let's just tie this into the age of apocalypse because we were talking about earlier archaeology basically and the trip that Dabu 7 along with Mr. Anderson of course set out on into I'm not sure he's some mention of Moab which was quite something that really jumped out at me I mean that's maybe a town of Moab there in, in Utah but this anomaly this geological anomaly the dome of upheaval what it stands for, what it represents. I mean, geez, as far as that goes, it could be a giant flying saucer that <laughs> has been buried there and uh, mm-hmm. for all these years and became, not sure the exact term, uh, geological, uh, welded almost to the crust of the earth or or what have you. But the age of apocalypse, and really I, I do believe that is what we are living through now. I have no doubt, in fact, just because that's the best and I'm not like a, a fundamentalist Christian by any means, but uh, the word apocalypse, as you may be aware, it just simply means unveiling. So you're pulling back the veil, essentially, and it's uh, sharing of, of knowledge or revelations of information right. and knowledge. Uh, some people have it in their heads, oh, God, this is a terrible and scary thing. No, I mean, it can be if you wanted to, I suppose, but at the same time, it could be something quite wonderful and beautiful that's why i like to promote the concept where i can like times like now of course apocaloptimism <laughs> you know it's a positive spin on things it's a positive way of looking at things don't be so negative folks there's no reason to be right. down and and all depressed uh lift up your spirits let's try to uh let's try to be a little more uh optimistic and and positive about things 
So there's around seven people here now joining us live as part of this week's stream, episode 115 with Drew Lima, the driving central force behind the Sons and Daughters of Liberty project, sometimes referred to as an open-sourced online independent intelligence node. Psychofire, Joe Eminon, Sword Point Nine. Yeah, we are live. We are indeed live here, Sword Point Nine. It's good to have you in the house. Thought you might be in the crow's nest this week. Weren't too sure. Having said that, you had to potentially deal with some family issues. They're on the home front, not in a bad way, from what we could gather at least, but just simply that as a chance to spend a little quality time with your wife and son, of course, there. So, but uh, you feel free to drop in anytime you like, Shuff. More than welcome. Just uh, shoot us a little message via Skype and we can add you to the fold here. Rob the Man. Not sure who this character is. Maybe we can check out his channel, I suppose. And, uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh, he's family. Now, you're based out of Ohio. I was uh, actually looking at your channel once again there just last night. You've got a bit of a sawmill project that I think is that like a, that's a small family run kind of operation? No, that's actually something I just built. I took my old uh, California King waterbed frame and made a portable sawmill so I can mill up my own lumber. Well, how cool is that? So we're talking specialty woods then, or what exactly are we looking at there? What I use there is all mahogany wood. But yeah, I've got, just in this property, I have access to walnut, cherry, real old oak, over 200-year-old black oak. So I'm looking for this fall to be doing some woodworking projects. But it sounds like we're talking specialty wood items, not just the rough-hewn 2x4s, 2x6s, none of that stuff. It's more kind of high-end... Mm-hmm. So you do some lathe work then as too, as well, I'd imagine. Yes? Yeah, we got... I'm actually a jack-of-all-trades. From cooking to metal work, I do a little bit of everything. Body work, welding. I mean, what kind of got it, my dad over the years has just bought tools and tools, just set around, finally put a lot of that stuff to use. One of the projects we built a, a, out of some metal when he, back when he worked with, I can't remember what factory it was, but he had tons of skill. We build our own hoist. Right. My dad actually uh, has a background as a machinist as well, too. He's a denturist now, but very handy around the shop with automotives, anything you can name. I think you said jack-of-all-trades? Yep. Clear down to even here on the computer. I've self-taught myself how to build websites, platforms. Wow, and that's one of the uh, the items that we're hoping to discuss here this week as well because it's something that certainly jumped out at us in going over your, just taking a look at your bio as well as the archive content that you put together over in your channel. In the meantime, though, let's see if we can have Kaiser join us here. Last we checked, he actually had made it from the reports we were getting here. Because, um, of course, we're confined to the communication, the broadcast center here. Um, just looking out one of the, not quite a porthole here, but just gazing up into the crow's nest there. Looks like we see somebody, whether it's him or not, I'm not sure. Is that you heading up the mast there, Kaiser? I mate these Drew Lima, i.e. sons and daughters of liberty. 
and you have had a awesome show. I was only able to rejoin it recently. But yes, no, I understand completely what you guys are doing. I'm a certified welder and have been since I was, I think, 17, ASME and AWS. And uh, so metal work is sort of my bailiwick. And I also like to do a little bit of that uh, old blacksmithing. So uh, this will be an interesting show. And I, I look forward to listening. I don't want to interrupt through Lima. I want him to uh, explain his stuff. And I just am fascinated. And why I can be here, I want to be here. Well, I'm definitely honored to be here with you guys. It was an amazing opportunity. Speaking of forges, I've even even got a forge out back that I know uh, Rob's been dying for me to fire up. I would love to stop down. Probably a maximum of three hours away from each other. So offline, I'll I'll tell you where I'm at. We can uh, link up. Pretty much for the jack of all trades. That's something I was taught. Pick up the skills you can. Learn everything that you can. Because it all has value. I mean, we put everything on our monetary money system value. But like you were talking about the apocalyptic side of things, you know, you need those skills. Whether it be communication or being able to build refurbished stuff, which I know I haven't got too much on my channel because I've started focusing on a lot of just in more intellectual conversations, dealing with others, all the various subjects that we're bombarded with. Kind of got a little bit away from that. But, you know, for me, that's going to be more fall time, winter time, when I can't really be outside. I'll be able to do all that. I've got wood that's curing now. Ran through the planer come fall. So it's, you know, it's about all that. You know, even for me, I learned all about I did grow up out in the country, and a lot of the my grandfather. I mean, I'm 40 years old, so I got to learn a lot of things from my grandfather. You know, he came back when they used the horse and plow and stuff to till their fields and stuff. So I got to learn a lot of those old skills that we don't see nobody doing today. A country boy can survive, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, that's important, important, you know, light, uh, survival, self-sufficiency, I guess, is one of the, one of the other terms or issues, of course, here. And sustainability in, uh, I'm not sure, that's probably in the more, uh, not in the present sense, the way that so many of these terms, it seems, they uh, end up getting hijacked by the powers that be who then you know, impose their political agenda or try to at least as best they can on the masses. But uh, sustainability, just sustain yourselves through life on the basis of independence and self-sufficiency. You know, that the, we're able to provide for ourselves, our families, with whether it be shelter, food, um, clothing, of course. And yeah, continuing with this bold uh, and, you know, very noble, uh, one might say, and I certainly would be included among that uh, group, um, uh, n- yeah, noble 
noble heritage. You know, it's uh, it's a lot to be said for that for sure. As far as you know, providing for once again ourselves and our families, and helping to build stronger communities where we have a clear vision of who we are, where we've come from, and where we're going, rather than having to, it seems, well, fall victim or prey to the Kraken, which is one of the things that we're constantly on the lookout for, and that's why we've got Kaiser heading up there to the top of the crow's nest, the mast, uh, mast head, I think, is as it's known in in, uh, naval uh, parlance, uh, keeping a, a keen lookout for that uh, for the great the great beast, of course, or any or any uh, approaching enemy ships. That's always a bit of an issue as well. Okay, well we've got uh, ten minutes to the top of the hour here. Once again, episode 115 with Sons and Daughters of Liberty founder Drew Lima out of the great Buckeye State of Ohio, USA. And uh, once again, though, just to be clear, going back to this whole business, the Age of Apocalypse, that archaeology has really been critical and pivotal, key in playing a role in things here as far as helping to reveal, for those with eyes to see, uh, you know, to the wider world what's really been going on and what's been hidden from us for so long. This is why I find people like the Mormons so interesting because they're kind of they're kind of into that whole thing aren't they this this idea of there was something that occurred in the past many things that took place in the past of various you know civilizations and so forth that uh have been kept hidden from us and that that's the word that's where the word that's what the word occult as you are i'm sure well aware means hidden which is you know what do people fear most they fear the unknown the things that they can't see or understand, the mysteries. And a friend of me and Rob's always told us, you want to find stuff like that? All you got to do is dig. Right in your own backyards or around the areas you're from. Like me, where I live, there's a lot of um, Seneca mounds and Indian mounds that people don't even know about because they've been grown over. Then we have, you know, some of the Native American stories going clear back before we really founded this country. Talking about the Nephilim, how they fought the giants. And it was the, actually the Tecumseh, the Tecumseh tribe, which we know is from, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, and the lower Ohio, Ohio Valley, and some parts of West Virginia. Now they had huge stories about how they fought the giants. There's another spot here that is kind of much like the Inca and Aztec temples here in the United States. There's so much archaeology that people don't even realize is just setting here in our own country. Oh, absolutely. Are you familiar with the work of Michael Tessarian? Yes, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not so much into the whole cult of personality business, you know, once again, going back to our pre-show conversation, uh, this whole idea of separating the art from the artist, mm-hmm. um, I think we were talking about, in just a general context, music was one example, as well as politics, too. Right. It's too many people want to play, get into this whole 
politics of personality with, for example, Trump or whoever, Obama. It doesn't matter. Obama had a really great smile, didn't he? Just so charming. Just that great big, uh, yeah, shiny white tooth grin and smile. Million dollar. <laughs> Very charming and, and seductive is, is charisma. But to hell with these politics of personality. We want to see substance, you know. Enough of the talk. Let's back it up with something substantive, something real that we can actually measure and that we can get a clear sense of what is being put into place, the impact not only that it's had, but that it stands to have in the future, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. But yes, yeah, so the art from the artist, it's an important issue. So your thoughts then, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here a little bit, which I'm not sure what you chalk that up to, maybe a little too much of the that food poisoning, man. I tell you, it just... Whew, it really takes the takes wind it out, out of you. Of, oh, shit. Just, I mean, oh. But, uh, you know, this is a little bit of mental yoga. This is what I practice here every week, the conversation. It's my window to the outside world. I really am quite isolated here. Uh, it's a very insular existence that I lead in South Korea, not really mixing or mingling too much anymore these days with uh, uh, expats that are based out, of the this particular region of Asia, um, mostly because of the fact that I don't live in Seoul. Got some connections, I guess, via Facebook to some degree. But I find that most of the people that are living here, Westerners, very little that uh, I have in common with the majority, frankly. Maybe you could say the same for Westerners as well, just generally as well, too. So... Uh, but uh, it's it's a great chance, of course, to reach out and connect with people such as yourself uh, each and every week. But yeah, the politics of personality. Let's focus on the issues. So and I'm I'm just trying to tie this, kind of bring this back full circle to what I was how I initially set out um, on this particular tangent. <laughs> I kind of almost seem to be spinning my wheels a little bit here. Maybe you can help bail me out. Where exactly were we headed with this conversation, this particular moment? Uh, I think we were heading with the apocalyptic aspects of things and the unknown, because what most people fear is the unknown, and most apocalyptic scenarios is the destruction and rebirth of things, where new technology, new things come about, much like we're seeing today. I mean... We actually knew the history, or people had the actual history of why I'm so against cryptocurrencies, blockchain. I mean, it it pained me to go on Steam it because I had the knowledge of what that all represents and what's really behind it. it wow! Me. Wow! Well, we got to talk about that. Just put the brakes on that right there, my friend. That is that is a great talking point, uh, and the reason I want to just kind of. Um, hold things where they are for the moment is because it's i think important for us to uh at the top of the hour here now just pay a little acknowledgement and offer something of a shout out to the people that have joined us here this week starting with psycho fire who it's always you know we're not too clear on who this character is he's kind of been popping in from time to time though over various streams over the past year or so now really so you know thanks for the support uh We'll uh, hopefully learn a little bit more about what this character is all about over time. 
uh, of course, yourself, Sons and Daughters of Liberty, and a whole list of comments here, which we'd like to kind of run over just in brief, talking about Joe Eminon saying, there's no active jamming this week, fingers crossed. Uh, I bet you mix rum and ether again. Okay, I'm not sure who's referring to there exactly, but Rob the Man, we fly the Jolly Roger around here. Uh-huh, yes. So there's many types of different pirate flags too, let's not forget, so we can get into that a little, little uh, later or further on down the road here too. Uh, court got cancelled without the attorney being notified. He's going up there for a writ? What the hell's that all about? Rebecca Bradley... Hi, Rob. Oh, so Rebecca Bradley. It sounds like you might know her as well then, too. We love UFOs. Go ahead. I just came across her channel uh, this week. She's putting out some interesting content, mixing, like, art and stuff, and talking about various subjects like I do, and it, it was interesting to see. It was refreshing to find a new channel like that. I think she might have actually started following us on Twitter uh, recently, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, was definitely. Uh, well, thanks for dropping by. You've certainly put yourself on our radar. Somebody had to go to bed as well too. I imagine they will be checking out the archive show though. Speaking of which, we do suggest and recommend people when they do want to listen to what we have recorded that they turn to the post-produced shows. That's really the best way of doing it. Um, that's what we suggest. Uh, of course, you can do whatever you like, but it's simply that it's a lot cleaner. Things have been you know, smoothed over, and I'm not sure if it's maybe like an artificial perfection or, or not, but that's uh, just the way we like to do things, partly because we strongly do believe that we owe it to our listeners to provide the highest quality content possible whether they're actual Patreon supporters or not. It's really beside the point. And let's not forget, too, speaking of Patreon, you can find us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash WPRPN under the Robin Hood mandate. Half of all the donations that come our way do go back to helping various charitable and community causes. This all peaks and climaxes, of course, with the Christmas season. That's the way we've got things set up here, folks. Looking forward to that Operation Secret Santa again here this year, 2018. Maybe you yourself, Drew, might be interested in, in dropping by. It's a lot of fun every year, of course. So 12 people in the proper circle. Rob the man dropping a little uh, esoteric and occult knowledge, I guess, there. How about that? So quite a crowd when you consider rebroadcasting lots of listeners that is indeed correct mr pirate joe eminon so okay well we'll leave things there for now and then maybe come back to just picking up on the comments in a few minutes down the road but was there anything there well including even the uh let me just finish, actually, before we get too carried away, that with respect to Patreon and PayPal is even better, in fact, if people want to offer any donations to our little pirate tip jar, as well as, let's not forget, Minds.com, which we recently figured out that it's so straightforward. Just click on the little Wire Me banner on the left hand as you're scrolling down people's various 
channels. It's on the left-hand side there, about halfway down the page, as it were. And that's the way to do things, pretty straightforward. So does that qualify? I mean, it is a crypto-type token. It's not really blockchain, though, so much that one. That's off-chain. You know about that, don't you? Yeah, they have off-chain and on-chain, which is... Yeah, so that's, you know, I do like the off the ability to have it off-chain and not part of the crypto part that still keeps it to what it was originally started at. I loved it the way it was before. Well, the wallet, the new wallet really got me confused. I'm not sure about yourself, but it really sent me for a loop, and I didn't really know quite to make of things. What are your thoughts, though, just generally impressions? And we could, of course, spend a whole show just talking about Minds.com, but what first attracted you or drew you to Minds.com? What are your thoughts on the way you've seen it evolve and and grow over the past years? And where do you think it's all headed? I I do have a question for you about that. It was either, I think you talked about it Wednesday, or not Wednesday, Tuesday, about Minds looking for more advertisers to endorse them. Or something on those lines where they're looking to bring in investors? Well, that all took place this past year, actually. Uh, we ourselves managed to get in on the ground floor. And, uh, you know, it's like a cooperative sort of collective investment setup, the way they have things in place. And we just, we ponied up for a thousand bucks, you know, as I'm sure a lot of other people did as well. Maybe some more probably high rollers involved in the action, but that's all we were good for. So uh, we've recently been hit by a big tsunami uh, out of Vietnam. I'm not sure if you picked up on that influx. That's out of hand. (laughs) Yeah, I picked up on that influx. Pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, we do need people, by the way, to help moderate groups. We're not so sure about the admining end of things because when you do that, essentially what it does, it leaves the door wide open. It's a major exploit that's yet to be resolved for whatever reason. I don't know why they're dragging their feet. But uh, with the admin tree, all they have so far is people who are able to admin and moderate. And even the moderation role, it's really weak at this point. It's You can't even really do much. In fact, I don't even know what you can do. It's like you certainly can't moderate anything. There's none of the content. Uh, that's, at this point, That's I don't see any of that occurring, unfortunately. So people have been talking about it bitching complaining and saying what the hell what, what gives what's going on so but like so much with minds it's just it's a question of time and patience that's what people have to understand you know to a large part there does seem to be people that are gaming the whole system as well though too the platform i don't know how they do it i guess they just have a real they've got a technological or computer background coding background and they're just setting i guess the code up so that it works more in their favor than anyone else's but on the whole, I'd say, yeah, it's it's the best platform out there as far as social media, information sharing, networking, and everything else. It's great. It's got a lot going for it. But the advertising into things, I have no idea exactly. I'm not too clear on that. What you're... You correct what I misheard in the podcast. Okay. They kept it internal, which is cool. That's what I would want to see, them keeping that internal with, within the community of the mines. Because we know how it is when outside investors come in. They want to change things. They want to take away that freedom of speech. That's what drew me to minds is it's freedom of speech. It's what our Constitution truly represents. Anything goes. I mean, that's why I'm careful when I'm screen sharing and I go to the minds because anything goes. And that's what true freedom of expression and freedom of speech is about. It's not about 
judging people because they're religious based and oh you don't belong here you're whatever label you want to use you don't see that on the minds and I've you know I've noticed I've commented on the changes where they've added where you can report things where things can be removed or flagged but I'm not seeing it used I've not heard anybody say it's ever been used and I like that keeping the integrity of that free speech and that's so important especially more censorship for dealing with all the platforms now that's why I want to steam it I'm all over the place it takes me 20 minutes just to share my links before I go to a live stream yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pre-show promotion that I end up having to do. Uh, that's and even still, like, there's just so much we're missing out on because there are tricks to the trade, and there are people out there. Like, we've been operating all strictly out of pocket, and it's about I think you could say ballparking about five hundred dollars, maybe approximately per year to keep our operation up in place and running. Although you could even lessen that, I suppose, now recently with us making the transition from podomatic.com over to archive.org. Don't have to worry about that fee in, anymore. But yeah, the URL hosting and, uh, you know, this other little expenses and so forth. We got kind of taken for a bit of a ride with the WordPress blogging. Uh, there's oh, a, yeah. a sale. Hey, the sale ends uh, tomorrow. Get on uh-huh. board now. 150 bucks like okay again you know and i was like what the hell does this do for us so we forked that money out and uh, we just have not unfortunately found anyone with the skills or the skill set to be able to you know to come on board and to really sink their teeth into that end of things and develop our network our online presence in any considerable way so we're making a few ripples here, definitely in the uh, digital underground. Uh, you, you know, the internet ghetto or not, we are live. So, and there's so many directions that we could take the conversation here right now, too, including the fact that it looks like, well, anonymous radio redux. Well, that's, uh, we can, since he dropped by, it's the first time he's made his presence known here, but uh, in the last little while, but he'd actually joined us. And I was kind of wary from the get-go, looking at him, kind of sizing him up, uh, not really, we could say, taking the bait, as it were, right off the bat. But eventually we decided to try a little bit of collaboration. And, uh, you know, some people really do need to stay on their medication. Let's put it that way. Okay, so, but yeah, his, uh, I guess, comment was deleted for whatever reason says here i can view the message so that's interesting a couple messages were deleted by sword point nine no idea what's going on there but yeah you're bound to pick up trolls from time to time have you uh got any trolls or haters to this point yet drew no because i'm a small channel i mean i'm growing faster than i'm kind of like <laughs> because i've done everything organically and I've gotten used to being able to interact with the chat room, which is important to me, that interaction. That was something I couldn't do when I first did a magazine. Some people see in the slideshow, you'll see Keepers of the Realms or KOTR. Let's see up my other YouTube channel. That's right. actually the occult channel, which I don't broadcast. People know it. That was one of the talking points we had here. We were going to ask you about that Keepers of the Realm. So if you want to elaborate a little more, feel free. That's where I just go to... Like I said, I'm in so many different communities. I get along with everybody. I'm that guy that seems to fit in everywhere I go. 
which is a nice thing because it allows me to learn new things, keeps all that judgmental crap, the label crap out. And I get a perspective that most people don't get. Like, you know, people see how many different denominations of Christians do we have? Mormons, Catholics, Baptists, Mennonites, Pentecostals, and the list keeps going on and on. It's the same way in the, the pagan community, the occult community. You see the same thing in all these communities. I hate using the word, but it's a caste system meant to keep people divided. It's meant to keep, you know, the elite at the elite levels and everybody else under them. You find that in every one of these systems. And what I did with KOTR, before I even came put it on YouTube, it was a magazine. It was the first magazine that I created, published, and I had great success with it because it just wasn't a cult. We had Christians posting in it. We were doing music events, recipes, all types of stuff. It was a place where people could go and just express themselves, share their views, opinions. That's something that's... Uh, Drew, let me just stop you there. We're kind of... You're fading in and out once again, the same kind of deal as before. I'm thinking, what the hell? Let's roll the dice here and uh, see if uh, Friday the 13th or not. Could be Lucky 7s. Let's uh, just, for the hell of it, because we are connected, jump on over to Discord and see what kind of uh, connection we have over there, if we get a stronger signal or not. Just backing things up then, about, once again, another 30 seconds or so, what exactly was it that you were uh, trying to... I think you were talking about denominations and uh, identity politics, almost, really. Divide and conquer, that old standard technique that, uh, yeah, I've, I've been highly aware of that for years myself. It's why I like to explore and read and study, but, frankly, not really a big kind of cult sort of guy as far as a, being a joiner of any sorts, really, uh, where groups are concerned. You know, it's more, well, I don't know what it is. That could be my, the influence of my father in some ways, the, what he instilled in me as far as, I remember when I was a kid, him talking about not necessarily choosing the beaten path. And I'm not sure why that was. He never really spelt it out exactly for me, but I think we're out snowmobiling once, in fact, and that was sort of the metaphor. Clear your own path here. Make your own trail. The way it should be. Everybody has their own path. It's just gotten to the point where people are, this group over here, this label over here, and it's ace. But you have the bad apples. That's my favorite word, bad apples. Because you have bad apples in every group that end up getting the whole group blamed for everything. You know, one bad apple does this. Well, that the Hegelian dialectic, how you know how these how these bastards uh, endlessly look. One example that comes to mind here is that shooting that took place in Australia there a number of years ago. They used that the gun grabbers to confiscate all the Australians' guns. You know, yep. and uh, it's like, oh, geez. So, and I'm I'm not sure that guy was probably all he was on SSRIs too. I'd imagine total Manchurian candidate as typically they are with the psychiatric meds that uh, so many of these uh, shooters uh, are that they've been prescribed yet that the mainstream media, interestingly, who do not, they don't serve our interests. I think most of our listeners get that. And that's why we're doing what we are working on putting together here twice a week now with the midweek, radio news show as well as the feature guest interviews uh, because 
to hell with these. We don't need these assholes to try to tell us who we are, how we should think, dress, or what we should eat. Or I mean, I'm, I'm open. I listen to everybody, of course, and I'm not that ignorant. But at the same time, with revelations such as Operation Mockingbird, that was a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. We had John Barber join us here this past November. He, of course, is, well, he was, Kaiser might remember him from the real people, uh, what he's considered to be the godfather of reality TV. That's one of his great sort of accolades as it were but he's a former uh he's a stand-up comedian for quite a few years still is he's he's in his mid-80s and he's sharp and he's funny he was actually a joke writer for frank sinatra of all people old blue eyes there for quite wow. a few years back in the mid to late 60s so uh but yeah he talked extensively about operation mockingbird that was his thing uh with the, the documentary that he's put together the American media and the second assassination of John F. Kennedy. So we're hoping to maybe get him join us here once again this coming November, God willing. You know, there's been so many great people, of course, or just major cultural and societal figures that have been passing away. That's simply the way that the deal works, folks. You know, we're all here to go. So, but, uh, you know, they get up in their 80s and, and 90s. Chuck Berry is one of the names. I'm not sure. You want to play a bit of a, a game, name recognition or personality recognition. Kaiser, it looks like uh, you've uh, kind of scurried your way on down back uh, to the main deck here. So that's great. We can see you out there if you want to chime in. But any other names? Let's see. Well, Hugh Hefner, I'm not sure if you'd say he's great necessarily so much as influential, 91. Who have we lost here over the last little while? Ellison, what's passed? When I say you're missing something, Operation Gladio, you keep talking Mockingbird, which I understand completely, and you know this from my backstory. But everybody keeps thinking that was just the U.S. to Europe uh, against the Soviet mission. The Soviets also, people forget all the satellite nations. So you're missing the Gladio perspective in reverse that came back on us, and they, in all honesty, in the Munich Olympic Massacre. And they've been using it since then. And that's one of the major effects. Of course, for certain nations, everything was wound up, and they figured out who was doing it, and then they flipped them. But there's still aspects of that in place. Yeah, Gladio B, uh, Sybil Edmonds, former FBI, I think she was an intelligence analyst of some sort. She had a bit of a desk job, and she was instrumental in revealing the, what was it now, the role of Osama bin Laden, something that the government, she was muzzled for some time. Yeah, but it goes back to the soul. It was going both ways. Well, yeah, I mean, look at the Cathars, the persecution following the succession or the culmination or end of the, I'm not sure what crusade it was, but for me, it's like, as you say, history does not repeat itself, it rhymes, and I've seen that for a long time, the way they're turning their the powers that be, they start, well, Kennedy was, that's where it all really started going to hell, of course, they turned in on... Yep. Well, it's like, gee, what are we going to do? We've got all these guys with guns and uh, resources and uh, armaments here, and we have the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us of, and it turned in on itself, kind of the blowback. So these are these are rogue elements, most definitely. And once again, going back to the 
what do you say, late Middle Ages, perhaps, with the Cathars in the 13th, 14th century? In modernity, it was the early 70s when they discovered the weakness, and it was while we were doing Gladio, and they were doing the reverse Gladio, and we're talking like East Germany, Ostdeutschland, you know, Deutsches Demokratische Republic. And then you go look, and you see what happened from the Hungarians, different things. The satellite countries were easy to roll up. The Soviets, uh, well, they kept them as, like, Knox. They also were relying on how they had infiltrated through the Frankfurt School into academia and Hollywood. Frankfurt School was the biggest virus. But everybody else who came in, like I said, the late 70s, that's when they actually really infiltrated. And they all got rolled up by probably 88, 89. And uh, those people actually became the most devout anti-communist. An anti-communist who was a communist can spot a communist super quick. It doesn't take long. That's why you see the most vehement anti-communists are former communists, because they've lived through it and know what they're doing. Know the back channels. Know what they're trying to play. And know how they undermine things. The Tavistock Institute. That's what I was looking for here. Just doing a quick little... Uh, yep, Tavistock came after Frankfurt. Uh, no, actually, that Tavistock was well before Frankfurt, uh, historically. No, 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 I'm saying in the U.S. You're, you're not understanding, I guess. Tavistock did not immigrate here until after Frankfurt made it acceptable. You have to look at the writings of both of them, and you'll see how one built the other to make it acceptable. The question here I've got with... Drew, as this week's feature guest, is how this all ties into the flow of conversation exactly. I'm not sure, kind of leapfrogging from one talking point or issue to the next. What If you could draw things kind of full circle there, Kaiser, what, what's the connection there to where he was taking things and uh, what you're providing for our listeners this week? Well, my basic point is... He's talking about what used to be. Here's how words change things, and he'll understand what I'm saying. It used to be survivalism back when I was a young man. And mm -hmm. when he was a young man, it became prepping because survivalists became neo-Nazis. It was always, they always got to throw the Nazi, you know, that epitome on them. And then they did that to the preppers. They've done this consistently. Until now, just a Trump voter is a Nazi yeah, or a fascist. Yeah, yeah. And when I was a military policeman, I used to listen to punk rock. And I can't tell you how many times another military man, because he did something wrong, would call me a fascist. They're ad hominem attacks. It's just, it's totally immature. It's, it's utterly, right. uh, it's intellectual uh, kindergarten, if that because they don't have any better point or argument to make. It's just, yeah, it's an ad hominem attack. Like, you're a pervert, you're a pedophile, you're you're a bad person, bad man, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. So, yeah. Shuff, are you going to be able to stick around for the after show here? 
Chef, you're going to be around for the after show. Because I have to. Uh... Can anyone hear me? This is Jaffe here, streaming to you via Korea, episode 115, with our feature guest of the week, Drew Lima. We have not the strongest signal at the moment here. I'm not sure how my voice is sounding. To our listeners, in many cases, uh, probably halfway around the world, doing my best here, though, to help get the news of the day and the information out there. Well, mostly opinions, I should say. Sure. So we, we've only got, let's say, about 10 minutes or so here, Drew. Let's turn the focus back to you here, hand you the talking stick, as it were. Can you kind of see where Kaiser's was coming from there? Uh, Gladio B, as he says, turning the sights back on the people themselves. Who, I mean, that's the whole point along, starting with the blowback, really, and how they're turning the sights. I think he agreed when I raised, uh, brought up the whole issue of Kennedy having his head blown off there, as it were, in Dallas back in November of 63, how that was obviously very traumatic for not just the nation but the world and uh that's when the rise of the deep state the kraken rearing its ugly head and under the clinton administration with the uh, bombing the oklahoma city building as it were that uh clinton used that in order to further wage war on the american public targeting them labeling mm -hmm. them ordinary u.s citizens or even just citizens of the world because we all know that when america sneezes the world catches a cold i think as it's been said but so we're all terrorists now i guess is that right true it's all about infiltration every facet has been infiltrated no matter what group how good it started out it's been infiltrated i mean this goes back throughout history you've got to study history but when you study history you got to remember what history is it's his story it is the conqueror's story, not the people's story. There's more than one form of history. We find that with things that are passed down through generations by word of mouth, the yeah. other side of the story. Those are things that are so important. It allows you to start putting these pieces together, seeing how such prestigious groups have changed completely from what they used to be, much like survivalists. You know, it was cool to be a survivalist when I was growing up. Skip the other part that'll get me off on a tangent about the Boy Scouts. We'll just leave that alone. Yep, yep. Then we get now it's prepping. It's prepper as it changes. They find ways to use different words to create something. It's in a sense what it's doing. It's causing divisions and rifts. How different is survivalism from prepping? Then they want to class survivalists as potential maybe domestic terrorists. You know, with the 9-11 Act, which is funny, Patriot Act and all that stuff. All that stuff, they nailed us when we were so unified. And I love how you talk about when you said that when we stumble or we have issues, it seems like the world catches a cold. I did a podcast called Beacon of Hope. Ever since the shot heard around the world, there's a reason why they called it shot heard around the world. We became that beacon of hope against oppression, against People that wanted you to control us and rule us to where to this very day, every nation, every country looks to us as that beacon of hope. They want the freedoms we have. They want the liberties we have. So they work hard to undermine it. They'll sabotage any group. People don't vet the people they allow into their groups. You know, like I talked earlier on my podcast, 
about the LGBT community. Now it's what LGBTQT. It doesn't even represent what it used to represent. Same way with the feminist movement. For anybody who's had the privilege of talking to feminists from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the message is no longer the same. It's completely something totally different. Every group and every level has been infiltrated. We talk about the truth communities. We've got people that infiltrated them. Clear to modern day with the alt-right. Look how many factions of the alt-right there is now. Rogue right. Nazis. Nazis. All right. Nazis. (laughs) People that are easily triggered. I don't mind triggering somebody because if I triggered somebody, I did my job. This is why I don't have a troll problem. Because if you hit the thumbs down button on my video, I'm happy. I did my job. In fact, I went off on a stream. Somebody hit the thumbs down. I'm like, woohoo, finally. I did my job. I made somebody question something. Isn't that interesting the way that Facebook so, f- for, you know, just s- they can't even have an adult conversation or exchange. Like, oh, somebody might get their feelings hurt. Until just recently, of course, they had those little emocons or emojis or whatever yeah. you want to uh, call them. But uh, there's no, you, Sigil can't, magic. You, can't, you can't vote, you can't downvote that. It's only vote up like, like, like. And right. What, what, what the hell is that all for? How stupid. I mean, at least mines, it's, uh, you know, they've, they have it so you're credited. You're getting something if you're voting up or you're adding some content or mm-hmm. you've got a comment. You're reminding somebody's what they've already posted. You get rewarded for that as well, which all culminates and adds up to booster points for you, uh, which, of course, ideally you use to then reboost content so that uh, you can pick up you know the whatever number of views it is that you have set aside and allotted so that's that's a great uh you know that's a, another great feature to the platform uh twitter what a bullshit platform that Ooh, is yeah like total like it's a leftist and i once again i hate to use that label but it's a politically correct i maybe is a better way of looking at it. it's a kind of totally pc echo chamber there's no real station or at least it's all there there's an agenda at play and if you if you step outside the confines the parameters it's cultural marxism just call oh, it yeah. what it is sure yeah, yeah definitely Continue, though, uh, Drew. We've only got a couple more minutes here, and then we've got to wrap things up. There were a few key points that I put together here that we didn't hit on. Curious to know how you found our show or first heard about us, as well as who your co-host is. You have a female friend that has, I guess, joined you over the past little while with your live stream. Uh, You also have a background and skills in the world of, of computers and online technology. Uh, I'm not sure why I made a note of virtual servers here, but uh, hosting accounts, I think you've talked about that a little bit. Yes, yeah, so that's where you picked up the virtual server stuff. I was partnered up with somebody, and we were creating our own hosting server. Well, that's great. And sounds like then, uh, so you do have some technological skills there. I'm not sure. I hear some background sort of uh, somebody fiddling or fumbling around there. It sounds like might be working on preparing their their lunch or something. Pizzagate, I think we're going to have to save that for the after show, which really, let's not forget, folks, it's Pedogate, okay? Right. It's a real thing going all the way back. Speaking of, well, the was it the Frankfurt School? There was the, uh, 
the Franklin cover-up. Interesting how we got all these Franks. Oh, which is, uh, implicates Barney Frank. Oh, well, let's be frank and talk about the sort of thing that takes place behind closed doors where children... When, when Barney Frank called out the entire Congress after he was going to be censored, people forget these things. I don't. Yes, they do. When, when he called them all out and said, if I go down, you go down. And when he finally, that toothless man died, what people forget is that he threatened the entire, and that's Republican and Democrat, and all these people that want to act like one side's more pure than the other, they forget the facts. Barney Frank threatened everybody to expose them because of his little lover's prostitution brothel out of his own apartment, and he was able to stay there. That's an issue. We could get into that. I'm somewhat familiar with that whole drama. And it's something we could talk about a little more in the after show here. But it is interesting the way that, the, as Kaiser points out there, the two-party system, they play the uh, us-and-them kind of game, pointing fingers at the other side. Uh, or the, the phony strawman opposition, really, when things come right down to it, of course, they're both in bed with each other controlling the system it is a rigged game as trump yes, talked about in the election during the course of his campaign i think that's one of the reasons he was so successful uh including of course his pr- exercising his first amendment rights uh which ruffled the feathers of people who are more accustomed to and expecting uh more politically correct um type of individual but that's clearly not his that's not the way that he operates and all the power to him as well as anybody else that's out there that wants to exercise their freedom of speech and why the deep state is pushing so hard against him notice when struck yesterday got so pushed back on that all of a sudden today they had to justify with names the uh not Soviets, the Russian intelligence folks that bought Facebook ads that didn't really accumulate anything, but he had to say, well, they did this, they did that, and they're going to try to push this, but they're going to fall flat on their face. And But still, this is what the cultural Marxists rely on. I would imagine when it comes right down to it that Israel had much more of a hand in trying to affect the outcome of the most yep. recent presidential election than did the Russians. But it, mm-hmm. interestingly, and perhaps, well, of course, even unfortunately, that's just not where the conversation is going to be steered, at least not within the context of, you know, official discourse. <laughs> you know, so, is, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't look at, I mean, even Alex Jones, for crying out loud, of, of, of whom... Uh, Kaiser actually managed to have a chance to speak with him just this past week on his show. But the interesting thing about that, uh, just on top of all this, is the fact that Alex, the one thing that really, what is the word now exactly, made things clearer for me in a big way with respect to why doesn't he criticize Israel. He came out kind of off the record a little bit. Uh, yep. It was that he talked about, well, this is, you know, they got quite an extensive uh, nuclear arsenal, so... It's best that we just go along and don't really say too much or or criticize. 
kind of deal because it's it's it, the, the nuclear blackmail game is what they're pulling here with the Samson option yep. that Seymour Hersh yep. has talked about. They're willing to pull down and just talk about psychopathy. That's how just evil and wicked some people really are. Deluded from just, a you know purely egotistical standpoint. Just call it what it's called in military parlance. It's called nuke it for morbid. And I know Pirate Joe E understands what I'm saying. That means you get rid of everything and maybe something will survive and you can build from it. Mm -hmm. We did with Japan. Order out of chaos, my friends. Order out of chaos. Oh, you're saying Japan with the with Fukushima? No, I'm saying back in World War II when we dropped the fat boy on them. Oh, you never we heard, leveled that place, right? Sure, but you never heard then, I guess, about the uh, supposed role that Israel had the Stuxnet virus and how that the Fukushima Daiichi, the nuclear facility that was in place there, the whole thing supposedly, according to one author. Jim Stone, I think, was the main one of the the guy who did the most of the research or investigation. Somehow that he was tipped off. That's the word I was looking for earlier with respect to Mr. Jones, that he was tipped off to the fact yeah. that Israel had a very active hands-on role in triggering this whole event uh, because of, it was said, the support for Palestine Israel had expressed just a short time prior to the event taking place coincidence maybe but they say as, as the expression goes there are no coincidences and number two that in politics timing is everything exactly and i know drew will understand this and so will joe timing's always the precedence that you want to have but the second thing that you have to make sure you have is an event and that's the problem you can paint anybody with that broad brush as long as you have the event and then you make the timing happen after that event if you don't believe me look at how they blamed a guy who made a video that nobody ever watched until hillary clinton said oh it was a spontaneous riot in libya and I lost a brother that I actually know and told him not to go. He didn't have a skill set, but he's dead now. This stuff's not amorphous to me. And, uh, you know, I'm about to go back over, but I know what I'm doing. But I'm telling you, man, there's so much BS. Unless you're a skilled player in this game, and trust me, I can die just like anybody else. I'm not that skilled. But I'm telling you, that was a setup from get jump. That's what we used to say in the PHU. Pipe hitters, you knew. Yeah, get Li jump. Libya, and uh, we don't really have time to get into that whole business. Uh, we can revisit it at any point here further on down the road. Believe it or not, though, we have overshot the mark for the allotted time that we had set aside for this week's live stream, courtesy of Pirate Radio Podcast, the WPRPN.com network. That, of course, stands for World Pirate Radio Podcast Network, the acronym, in case anyone is wondering. So much more to talk about, though, Drew. Hoping you'll be able to join us in the after show. Any uh, just final closing comments? Oh, yeah. Like I said, try to get people to understand that these platforms, it's about reaching others. It's about learning from each other. 
as you guys pointed out earlier in our show, which I thought was amazing to hear about, that was, like I said, the first episode I caught on you guys when you guys were talking about John Ford. And it was amazing how you said that, you know, because after the podcast, it seemed like they got kind of panicking. He got some finally some legal attention. That's how powerful you guys have. A lot of the stuff I've learned, like when it comes to the tech and the computers, web design stuff, I've learned on YouTube, watching videos, watching professors teach your classes. That's how much interaction we actually have. And they don't like that. You know, it goes back to what I stated about when we're looking at things about America. It's the beacon of hope for the world. It's having those freedoms, those liberties. And that's the very thing they want to destroy. They don't want people to realize those freedoms. You know, what did Trump do to win the election? He did what nobody else has done before him. He used the Internet. He used social media platforms. He spent less than any president to date just by spreading his message on the platform by people sharing his message all over the social media. That's why they're cracking down with the censorship and stuff. Constitutionalists. That's another biggie, of course. Got to cry those goddamn... If, if you find officers out there, anyone who is carrying with them a copy of the U.S. Constitution or starts even talking to you about their constitutional rights, arrest them on the spot. Get them locked up. You know, we want them out of the way, taken care of. And a lot of cases, too, don't forget, these people are getting, uh, in the worst, most extreme case scenarios, they're shot, man. You know, they're murdered in cold blood by these bastards. And, hey, I'm just going to say one thing. I'm not too clear on exactly. People can look into this themselves. We often hear, though, about, geez, the number of cops that are being shot these days by these uh, citizens, gun-carrying, armed, Second Amendment right citizens or what have you it's a joke frankly the number if you compare the number of just citizens that are being murdered by police there's no comparison it's like 10 to 1 or something like that in fact even the rate apparently of officers that are being killed on the job has gone down it's considerably in the last 25 years or something in in that area with the number of private citizens that are being murdered at once again the hands of these guys that are out of control, some of them, of course, returning from the uh, battlefield, the theater of operations in places like the Middle East, the very same region where Shuff is going to be returning to now. Interestingly enough, dispatched to again here quite shortly, it looks like, that they, uh, you know, they come back and fall into the ranks of, you know, the police force, and they're not always that mentally stable, frankly. They're suffering from PTSD but, and uh, have all kinds of various issues. So that's something for people definitely to think about. Some, this is going to take about probably 30 seconds. Wrap it up. You don't have to mention the Constitution. Understand it. What I mean by that is your first, forget your second. If that's apparent, you have to disclose it no matter who, what LEO law enforcement officer you're dealing with. Third, fourth, and fifth amendment. And what I mean by that is if they come to your house, they get in your car, whatever, you just step outside your car, lock it up, make them get the warrant, make them do their work. That's a, their process. If they can't do that and can't justify that, this is the thing that you need to concentrate on. You don't say, I know my rights. You don't act like a cock because they can just get you for whatever. Trust me, it just causes them to dig. But if you step outside your car, outside your house, you have your keys, your house is locked up, 
There is no reason for them to go into either of the things unless they can justify it with a dog going around your car, finding something in there. I'm telling you, these people that use that tactic, I know my rights, and then start, yeah, okay, cool. You know your rights. I was a cop. I was a federal cop. I know how to get around that because I can, okay, he's being whatever. Do the smart thing. Get the fuck out of your car. Windows rolled up when you get out. Be mellow. Be the cooperative person. There's just too much BS out there on the internet that people don't understand. And they Mm -hmm. think that's the way to get away with it. And that's not true. We've opened a real can of worms here, and uh, there's so much more to discuss. Shuffer, are you going to be able to join us this coming Tuesday night with the World Pirate Radio news segment? Yes, I'll make sure I'm there. That will be my final podcast as long as I've got labs coming in. So we'll see what happens with that because, you know, I was sick last week, so it might be delayed. But honestly, I don't think it will be. But Are you feeling a little better? Oh yeah, man! I'm feeling a lot better. I was I was laughing when I got into uh, Alex Jones' podcast. You guys can all hear it on my stream. I I redid it. It was one of those things where he cut me off when I said, "Have a great day" and listen to WPRPN. That's why I got cut off, bro. Are you serious? Listen to it. That's well, no, why no, no, I, I did. Off. I did. I heard you got cut off there. I didn't hear the WPRPN yeah. plug. And at he all. said, "Yeah, I have." Have a great day. That's what he said to me. Operation Secret Santa, the Christmas extravaganza, he actually lifted the whole way that we had things set up there because we were running for 10 days, and he jumped in on, I'm not sure if he's ever done like a Christmas campaign at all, but one of the things that Emily Anderson pointed out was that there was no charity coming from his end uh, whatsoever. You know, it was all about selling his products, first and foremost, frankly, with this uh, Christmas extravaganza. Well, you noticed I had to say I bought his products to keep me on the line. But I wasn't really disagreeing with him other than he kind of flipped a little bit, but I don't think he saw. And then at the end he said, you had great points. You came in from every angle because I don't look at it at one way. Look, Pirate Joe E., I love that man, and he disagrees with me completely, and I have that capability to love somebody that disagrees with me completely. But the coolest part is, this guy's like, yeah, he understood it from all different angles. And that's how Peter Strzok, on this thing that went to Congress, he didn't understand. You can't have a bias. If you're a cop, if I have a bias against you, my first thing is, look, and I did this. I was I was actually on a grand jury once when I was a federal cop. It was a local thing, and I got selected. And I knew about this guy, and I had to tell the judge, look, I know about him, what he did. I can't be unbiased. I had to walk away from this. And that's what a real man does who has honor, integrity, and I'll guarantee you, Joe E., Pirate Joe E., would have done the same damn thing because that's how much respect I have for everybody on this call and for him. And he knows this. And he can vehemently disagree with me, and I will still love him to the day I die. And you know this. Oh, yeah. Pirate Joe has... There's people that... Do listen to our show. 
here on a relatively semi-regular basis, uh, and there's no reason for me to even name any names, but the fact is we don't necessarily all see eye-to-eye on every single issue. However, as adults, open-minded, hopefully somewhat rational beings, that we're able to accept our differences as well as, I suppose, share our points of view, which might influence others' way of seeing things, including the latest stories that are out there in the news, along with anything maybe that has occurred at any point through history, frankly, which might lend a little further insight regarding any of the particular matters we happen to be talking about at one point or another. But yeah, God bless him and God bless you, Shuff. God bless everyone. Which really, if you think about all that term really means, is it's good luck, frankly, as far as I'm circumcised. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a good luck. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, Drew, this is it, man. This is the way things go. We're trying to kind of steer the ship back into Skullport Harbor here, uh, located along the beautiful Mystic Bay as it were, and head off to either the Howling Wolf Inn or the uh, the Scurvy Dog, of course, is another one. And uh, what is it? The Oh, God, it's been so long. There's a third one, of course, too, which is, uh, I'm not sure what kind of wench it is exactly. I'm sure you're, you're up for a little bit of uh, fun and games, hopefully, a little uh, exchange as well, too. And with the after show, it runs for about an hour, typically. How does that sound? I'm definitely game with it. I just need to go grab something to drink real quick. The Rogues Gallery After Show. Just closing comments or thoughts then, Drew, and we gotta we got to put this one to bed. In closing, guys, it's good to disagree. It's good to have topics where we don't always agree on because we're always learning from each other. That's what it's supposed to be about. And your website, information, contacts, and so forth, largely it's sons and daughters of liberty, minds.com forward slash... S-D-O-L, there's, uh, you've got Twitter, of course, YouTube, Facebook, not too hard to find. People are looking to maybe work on lining up a show or what have you. Uh, anything that we missed out there as far as contact information, uh, URLs? No, pretty much what if you type in Sons of Daughters of Liberty or S-D-O-L or Drew Lima, you'll find me. Okay, looks like uh, Rebecca Bradley has had to check out off to bed, as uh, you can imagine a lot of other people out there in the Eastern Time Zone. Typical habit here, of course, gets pretty late out there, so who can really blame them? But on that note, yeah, we are going to head on out of here. Don't forget, folks, to check us out via Minds.com. The Pirate Radio Network channel is where you can easily find us. My personal space i guess via minds.com is simply forward slash jaffe rider thanks once again to kaiser shuff for dropping in kaiser's castle that can uh once again easily be found via youtube do a little duck duck go search there and you'll come up with all the results that hopefully you're looking for patreon.com forward slash wprpn paypal that's the better way of doing things if you're interested in helping out here with the tip jar end of things we're always looking for people that are willing to step up to the plate and offer a little bit in the way of donations our goal right now frankly is just to be able to cover our operating expenses half of everything that is contributed though 
goes back directly to charity and various other community causes, including the likes of helping spring John Ford from his current state of uh, illegal, unethical, and completely inexcusable psychiatric confinement. James Heydrich is another individual whose story is near and dear to not only my heart, but the few others here via the Robin Hood. Not everyone. There's a a mixed set of opinions and perspectives on his case, but we're giving him the benefit of the doubt here, folks. It's been long enough. He served his sentence. Why he's been recommitted is... It's inexcusable. Uh, his, uh, it's insane. Well, and, and we're, you know, Constitution, that's really, that's the pushback. That's what it's really all about, folks. It's interesting, too, being in the America, it's a question of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whereas you look at Canada, the principles upon which it was founded were peace, order, and good government. Little different story. Maybe even it's a far cry, in fact, from our cousins down there south of the border. So something to think about, not only this past July 1st, Canada Day, but July 4th, of course, as well, too. Sons and Daughters of Liberty. It's been a great conversation and stream that we've had here with you. So be sure, folks, as well, to like, share, remind, comment, get engaged. You don't have to even, if you can't, put anything out there that contributes something substantive monetarily wise to our tip jar just become engaged and active there with respect to the content we are sharing and producing here now twice a week via youtube mostly we're hoping to make that transition over to dtube d live and steam it so on and so forth until we meet again out in the high digital seas on behalf of Captain Long John Sinclair and all the rest of the crew here of the Robin Hood, we're heading on out to the Rogues Gallery portion of this week's stream. I'm your host, as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Happy sailing. I know. There we be. Having carefully looked over each of our navigation panel instruments, checking every level, switch, dial, cable, knob, and pulley, by all accounts and indications, we indeed see it's time once again to drop anchor inside Mystic Bay and draw an end to another week of Pirate Radio Podcasts. Remember, if you're looking for a little more lively online action, Keep in mind, we've likely got yet another great free-flowing Rogues Gallery after show coming up for the next hour in either Skype, Google Hangouts, or Peer.in. Also, if you've in any way enjoyed or found yourself benefiting from the shows we've tirelessly produced over the past two years, you might want to drop by our Patreon tip jar page and lend a little support. Half of all network donations go directly to charity. Help to keep those numbers growing over on Patreon, and we'll be able to extend even more of a generous pirate hand. Looking forward now to the balance of 2018, we're still not quite yet booked. So if you yourself have a new, novel, intriguing, or otherwise underreported idea 
unique individual, or pressing item in mind, be sure to either drop us a line directly over on WPRPN.com or fire us a quick email via PirateOneRadio at gmail.com. We're always open to exploring fresh creative suggestions, intriguing guest ideas, cutting-edge discussion topics, and captivating themes. You can further embark on your own personal pirate journey by either liking, commenting on, subscribing to, or just following us via virtually any mainstream social media platform, including Twitter, Facebook, Google+, or Minds.com. So don't forget to become engaged. Until we meet again out on the high digital seas, I'm your host as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Tally ho.